0: Welcome to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. It's time to make mental health a normal conversation with your host, Shane Kelton.
1: Uh, welcome to another podcast, Power, Strength and Vulnerability. I'm your host, Shane Kelton, and I am—I was sitting outside, but I've just moved inside because we had a bit of a technical issue. As I welcome uh, someone who's been on this podcast before, an absolute superstar, self-proclaimed superstar is my brother Stephen, welcome.
0: Hello Shane, I am a superstar.
1: I got you you to actually loosen up a little bit with that intro, didn't I? Yeah, as soon as I see a recording I freak out and i not like this shit. Um, Which I guess is a really good thing to tell on the podcast because this is an uncomfortable conversation to have and um, you're not doing it necessarily for yourself, you're doing it to help others, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not doing it for myself. Um, I don't think I'll get much out of it, but I might. You never know. You know. never know. We, um, we actually have recorded this before, but we realised
1: 45 minutes in that the sound wasn't working properly. So let's hope this um, this, this take two might be better. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so it is COVID. Um, we in Melbourne have just found out that we're going into lockdown for another two weeks um, potentially longer. Um, so I'm asking the guests what lockdowns look like for you mentally, physically, emotionally, um, talk about the challenges and stuff you've
0: faced in the last couple of months. Um, Go. Yeah, Keep I'm going. To... Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, it's tough, definitely tough. Mentally, I've been very up and down. Um, okay at the moment. I think work I've been meaning to go back to work like three times. They've had dates and they've canned them. So that's tough. And I think they're going to cancel it again, which is going to be hard. But I think I'm just trying to do some goal setting at the start of the week and try and tick off some stuff and phys- physically get myself, I don't know, in a good state. I don't know. I, started my, I guess I started my physical journey a couple of years ago and I'm To nearly to the date, and I look back on photos today, and I've come a long way, so it's nice to just keep on on that, I guess. Focus on that. You um, you, you took up golf this year? Yeah, took up golf, which is frustrating. We can't play, but got my new club waiting waiting to go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is funny because you got new clubs for your birthday, and they were, were allowed to play golf at that stage. And then two weeks later, your club's arrive and golf's been called off.
0: Oh, it's the actual worst. I can't I can't go hit them or anything. There's nothing I can do. They're just sitting there brand new. And Joe's like, do not scrape him on the concrete because I'm swinging him, And I'm scared I'm going to scrape them. But she's like losing her mind over it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um- well, that, well, that's probably all we're to touch
1: on to COVID, really, because it sounds like you are going to and down. So I think your story is very, very recent. So, uh-huh. I mean, and we'll go into that now, but your story basically, you only went back to work for three, what, three months before this happened or for maybe a little bit longer.
0: I think it was, yeah, in between three and four. I found it I finally. I was probably lucky, you know, because I f- finally... Got myself in a position where I could. I went and looked for a, a different career path, different job, and I found one just before COVID came. So I was kind of lucky that I do have a position at mm. um, the college, and I'm not searching for a job through COVID because it would be near impossible. So I guess I'm very lucky in that sense. But yeah, I only got three months' work in the last. We're closing in on three years now. Lazy, oh, um, no, so lazy. Uh, we'll,
1: we'll go into that in a second. But, um, I mean, we're about to talk about your mental health journey, but before, before I guess the incident, which which led to mental health issues with you, um, we as we spoke about in the previous podcast. You know, you grew up with myself who had mental health issues and, and you really struggled with that at times. But what was your understanding of mental health issues? Did you, did you think you are almost immune to them because you'd never had them before? What was your understanding of it?
0: I don't think I was immune to them. I just didn't have any understanding of them. So if you don't have it, I just never – I don't know. It's, it's, you, if you don't have something, you don't have an understanding. So I actually think about it now where – I look at other people that haven't gone through it and I always say you, you'll never know and you'll never understand it until you go through something yourself. And that was just basically it. You know, I had no understanding. I've never singly gone through anything to make me feel anxious or depressed or anything like that. Is,
1: and I guess the next question for that is let's not talk understanding, let's talk awareness, do you think it would have been much more beneficial you to do, um, I guess, awareness programs, education programs and to look more into it so that, you know, when something happens to you or to someone else that you're more prepared to, I guess, not not fall down into mental health issues? That would probably be the best way to describe it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess if... Yeah, it's, oh, it's a hard question because
1: – I mean, then, we, you can't, can't go back and change it. But, but advice no. for someone else is, you know, as you said, no one's immune to it.
0: Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, looking back, if I had to tell someone now that didn't go through it, I mean, do some research, get your head around a little bit. It's never going to – regardless, when you go through something yourself, it's never going to – having that awareness is not going to help overly – the amount like it's not going to make you feel overly better, but mm. having more knowledge about it and more understanding could actually soften the, soften the blow. What's that? Soften the blow. I didn't hear you again. It's softened the blow. Yeah, I guess could soften the blow, or just you'll be able to sit with it better. Where well, I can sit with a lot of the stuff that I'm going through now because I've learned a lot about, you know, pain and anxiety and I know when I'm in that state, it will end. You'll get through it. So I guess, yeah, it makes it easier to get through it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if it makes sense, what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no, no. What you said is really important. Everything is impermanent. Nothing lasts forever. Yeah. Um, No matter what no matter what and it scares people, but we don't last forever, but neither does pain, neither does neither does joy, neither does happiness, neither does sad. Nothing lasts forever. Everything has an expiry date. So um and coming to an understanding when you're in deep depression or deep anxiety, knowing
0: that this will pass can help alleviate symptoms. Yeah. And that's the only thing I think of now when I'm have got anxiety and I've had it a lot recently is just thinking that you know by the end of an hour or two I could be you know back to a normal to, to being you yeah frame of mind and it's just putting the things in place when you're anxious, anxious to get to that so you gotta learn what works for you I guess yeah that's a good, good guess
1: because that's actually correct Mm. um yeah you you need to work out what's best for you so um let's let's talk about um, what happened on january sixth two thousand and eighteen is that the correct date
0: january eighth two thousand and eighteen close, close.
1: what well, I mean first day back at work new year new year new you
0: it was a new year new me first day back was about I think I think I've actually said to you before. It was about seven o'clock. I got to work at six thirty, and I went to the toilet, and I was just thinking, "Fuck, another year, another year, another full year before I get holidays again." And then an hour later, I was in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm I'm glad I can laugh, um,
0: but I mean, I can laugh back now, but at the time. I oh, actually was laughing at the time a little bit. Yeah, you were. You were. So what? So I mean, what happened? So, as simply to put it, is I, through no fault of my own, copped a nail to my eyeball region, eyeball and so above this, above the skin to the opposite. Yeah, so, like, I guess I hit my eyebrow and hit my eyeball and deflected off, and that's as simple as you can put it, I guess.
1: So, and as you said, I guess um, you were laughing at the time um, and making a bit of a joke about it, but then realised that you actually couldn't see properly.
0: Yeah, we were all laughing about it because it was pretty funny, but then it got... I mean, about 30 seconds later, I couldn't see properly and I thought I would just keep pushing through. And I tried to cut a sheet of flooring and, yeah, I just nearly fell over because I was so dizzy and I couldn't like, – all I could see was my boss – I covered my eye and all I could see was like a silhouette of my boss. I was like, oh, I think I probably should go to the doctor. And he's like, no worries. I'm like, I'll be back in a couple of hours. Hopefully it won't take too long. And you've never been back? I've never been back. I've I've seen him a couple of times but – I I went back to try a couple of times on on site, a few times, but, yeah, not back in a full-time sense, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, and, um, yeah, I know over that period of time there was, um, I guess, a lot going on because you you had to find out what what was wrong, what was going on, and you were off work. Um, You know, it crept in, I guess, the first the first conversation we really had, and we actually spoke about this last time we recorded, but the first conversation we had about your mental health was you were standing with mum, I was standing there, and um, you turned to me and you said, I now know what you've felt like so often over the last 15 years. And yeah, I laughed, I laughed and I was like, oh, finally, like, not in a, I'm glad you're feeling like this, but it was to, that you had an understanding of... Why, why? I got so frustrated sometimes? I guess because you were you were in that state, and it was you were you were suffering from anxiety and depression.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think I didn't really remember this when last time, but I think, as I've said to other people, it's, it's I don't think I've ever been as bad as some other people, but it's I've got an understanding of how much it can tear you down inside. That's a bit- Debilitating. Yeah, and it's a horrible, horrible feeling. So, I mean, you never judge yours against someone else, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, very debilitating. And it, it was the first time I actually s- felt it. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But, yeah, I guess. Well,
1: looking back now what was the first sign that there was anxiety or depression for you like do you remember how you felt or what happened or do you remember that first situation you were in where it just fully took over
0: no I think it was just a over time I think when you're getting up not working and you can't do anything it's that repetitive waking up and going what the fuck is my purpose and what am I doing every day so it was just a constant um battle every day and it just got worse. So it wasn't like I can't pinpoint a moment. Oh, what, what I think about now is I always think about um, even now because we're off work again, I get up and have a shower and then I've got nothing on. It's that realization in the shower. It's like what the fuck do I do next? So that actually is the thing that sticks out in my brain is where I realize how bad I was because I was struggling and I still have flashbacks to it now because we're off work, and sometimes I get up and it puts me in a pretty um, like foul sort of. i was sort of struggling again. I feel like Just I'm drunk again. mindset. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, this, this would go in all types of directions, but first I guess I want to paint the picture for a listener as if you, you, why, why weren't you working? What, what was the reason, you know? Um, that I think that's really important to talk about now, to paint the picture for people listening because you weren't just off work because you wanted to and I'll, I'll clearly show myself under the bus here. We work together as landscapers and you're much, much more, yeah you're a much harder worker um and you enjoy work a lot more than I do um so for you to be off work wasn't saying that you liked or enjoyed why
0: no it was i yeah obviously always liked work and um whatnot, but it was just the, the physical everyday headaches and migraines and the dizziness it was just it was too much too sometimes get out of bed, like it was, like, gee, so debil- debil- debilitating. Physically, it just, I could not, sometimes I couldn't move. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, that, that adds up to, you're going through physical trauma and the, the unknown. So, you know, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that... It was that unknown that really started to really sink in. You know, will I ever get back to work? And that's where the fear and anxiety start kicking in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, that was it. It's I always put it like if you break a leg or you do your knee, it's horrible and you always get into a bad, like it it feels shit and you're stuck, but you've always got a time. If you break your arm, you might be off work for a few weeks, but you're going to go back. So I never knew what. I was going to do, I never knew if I was going to go back to work and then I didn't know what that meant for my whole entire life. I didn't know, I got scared that I was never going to be able to get a job again. Like I didn't know where to go and, yeah, plays absolute fucking tricks on your mind. So physically and then mentally was adding to it and my mental health was affecting my physical health and then my physical health was affecting my mental health so I was just trying to find a balance because if you're struggling, you got anxiety and you, whatnot, it's going to – it makes the pain worse. Yeah. the hard thing. That was the thing I had to do was over the time try and balance that out. And I still do to this day. I have to balance it every day. I'm just a long way forward is what I was.
1: I mean, what did that look like to friends and family that were around you at the time because – I know but I'm going to pretend I don't know. Um, I'm guessing that that caused a lot of angst in you and then you let it out um, basically unwillingly, like it just it just sort of you're a volcano you, you, what I mean what did that look like and um, this, this and you and me both know this is about you taking responsibility for your part and in all of this, and that's the only way we can help other people but I mean what were you doing
0: I think. And it's funny but I see a lot of what I was doing as what you used to do to me where you would sort of lash out and explode at me for no reason and I was doing that but I was doing it to mum because I was living with her at the time and that was probably the biggest wake-up call to me is because I saw mum so upset because she was copying it every single day and I felt fucking horrible so it was making me feel worse and that was probably the biggest wake up call for me to sort it out and I don't mean that disrespectfully to you I know I laugh I watched I tried to step back and watch what I was doing and I just put, put mum in the case of how I felt when I was growing up and you used to shut me down and then not talk to me and like lash out at me for no apparent reason so yeah
1: and, and then – and, like, I, I, I laugh now because I'm such a better – I understand the irrational and the immature behaviour I was um, showing through that, and I guess we both now have an understanding that when people lash out, there's a reason for it, yeah. and it's because they're not looking after their own mental health. They're, in essence, or this something that they need to try and manage or deal with better, and um, – you you bring up a really good point. You you stood back and you observed it. And you observed it as it happened to you or it's happened around you. But it's also now that you're so you you sat out there and you watched basically you having this gulp mum and going, hang on a minute, this isn't this isn't me. And I guess as you said, that's where you knew you had to do something about it. What? Did you then do about it? What what changes did you start making?
0: I well, one of the first things I did was find someone else to live with. Um, I mean, that was a bit of a process as well. But I started actively trying to do more, push my body a bit more, so I could get back to work or find a new job. That was probably the turning point where I did both those things, and it probably changed. Everything because I was sick of seeing mum upset and upsetting people around me. Um, But, yeah, getting out of the house and away from her helped because I was no longer lashing out at her and we had the relationship in the friendship that we had back and she was obviously worried about me but, um, yeah, it wasn't that kind of relationship. And then I was living with friends and I didn't want them to see me struggling every day and bringing it down on them. So it helped me get out of my moods once they got home. Yeah.
1: So you you created accountability by just putting yourself out in public, basically. Yeah. I guess without... And choice.
0: Yeah. Without going to someone saying, I need you to hold me accountable, that was my way of doing it inside me without going... Yeah, it's actually verbalizing it. I think that's uh, that's really good for listeners to to hear if they're
1: in a really comfortable position where things don't feel right is you, you know get out
0: be uncomfortable and it forces you. it
1: forces your hand.
0: Yeah. Well, I just I mean went, I end up just getting to a stage where I just need to start saying yes to things because if I don't, I'm be stuck in this rut, and that's where I was for so long in this rut.
1: Yeah, you were, and it was hard to watch. Um, And, yeah, I can understand how hard it would have been to watch me during my ruts as well. Um, So thanks for that. You're paying me back. Um, (laughs) I I guess, I mean, was that the hardest thing for you, the the effect that you were having um, such – you're starting to have a really negative relationship with your mum because – and my mum too. um, Yeah, your mum. Because, like – you you'd always had a really good relationship with her like you didn't you never fought with her where I I did all the time even when I was in a good mood I'd fight with her somehow um but for you you'd never had that I mean was that the hardest almost the hardest thing to actually
0: deal with I think that easily that was the hardest thing you see mum and what I was doing to mum because now mum and I are back to we're probably better now we're best friends And like, I'm a massive mama's boy, but I don't really give a fuck. Like, we're so close, and I was ruining that through my own actions, which at the time was so hard to control, but I just had to do it because it was was killing me. Yeah, it was killing me and it was killing mum. And yeah, it was, it had to happen. Like, there was, yeah, I can't imagine where it would be now. If I mean, it probably helped that I lived with mum at the time because I don't know where I would be, but yeah, that was definitely the hardest thing is seeing mum. And I mean, other people as well, but I don't think other people knew to the extent what I was going through. I always talked to some people, but I wouldn't tell them everything. I would never go fully into it because I didn't, as everyone does, I don't want to burden someone else. It's not a burden, but. You don't want to. And yeah.
1: Well if you don't if you don't share your problems um, in a constructive way early, they become a it becomes a burden down the track.
0: Yeah.
1: Like and you know so what you did you prevented by moving out and, and building healthy relationships, you became less of a burden than what you were. Yeah. So, yeah. so like very powerful thing to do. And um, I guess in that period of time, you know. What 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 else what did work look like? I know and I'll I know you started going to pain management and seeing a psychologist and um, started implementing in strategies like that because not only mental health but your physical health was was really, really poor.
0: Yeah, I think pain management was about four months into my injury. So I'd sat at home and done nothing for four months with no real answered or anything no one could tell me what was wrong The pain management probably a stepping point too where they started teaching me about pain and how to I guess essentially deal with it and then I started seeing a physio there and a psych there and I still to this day see that psych um you know once a month or once every three weeks whatever I need to and I will continue seeing it I cannot see an end date to that um because that was yeah that Pain management was a huge thing. It was still, I was still shithouse house after pain management for months and months and months. But without that, I probably wouldn't have, because I learned so much about around it, um, and did my own research into mental and physical health. It was the best thing for me.
1: Through that time, um, I mean, you're, you're getting insurance. Um, and I'm actually, I'm actually recording a podcast next week. And I found out with um, with her, she'd been investigated like you were, and it caused her her son was actually investigated and followed as well, um, which causes extra stress. Now, um, you were doing everything by the book uh, right through this process, and
0: well, um, I wouldn't even say by the book. I would just say I was just living my life normally as I could. As an injured person off work, there was no trying to do something to imp- fucking if they follow me. It was just me trying to live every day, get up and get out of bed and just live as a normal person. That was all I guess it was.
1: So you knew they were following you because mm-hmm. that's what they do. And, and, we, and we're fully respectful that they have to do it because there is boards out there that, that do it. But I mean, what did that? Cause you, what what happened to you? And I know the answer. So hopefully, you go down the right path here.
0: Well, I don't know which path you want me to go down, but that was absolutely fucked. That was the worst experience. And feeling that someone's always following you is horrible. They, I completely understand they need to do it, but it was just every time I left home, it felt like someone was watching me. Like, and they were. They, and, were, and when you they have, want to see me slip up, but I'm just trying to get my life back.
1: And when you have anxiety, that just creates more anxiety.
0: Well, it's, it's, yeah, just living in anxiety. Even when I was at home, I wouldn't want to go out and get the mail because I thought they were out there. I was looking at people and looking at cars like, fuck, is that them? Is that them? Is that them? But it, literally, I was never going to find them, and I know I didn't find them. I know they found me. And I like, I know they took photos of me just doing day to day stuff, but they're too fucking smart to get from for me to find them. Exactly,
1: that's why they do that for a job. But um, I mean, you went in and um, you sat down with um one of the specialists you saw over this period of time. Nice, you, you saw a lot. Um, you probably couldn't even count up how many specialists you've seen in the period of time, but. One of them noticed a a huge change in you. What was that?
0: Um, Yeah, he – I remember I saw him probably about a couple of months in between and I walked in, I was wearing a jumper, and he's like, I had to take it off so he could, um, I don't know, do whatever the fuck he needed to do. And he goes, holy shit, you have lost weight. I was like, I thought I had, but I haven't really been taking any notice. And he – I end up I lost ten kilos and that was just due to stress like and you don't have you don't have ten kilos to lose oh nah fucking snap in half and like I was eating the same I was doing more exercise than I was doing um, yeah, muscle that.
1: Hmm? it was muscle building exercise though
0: yeah yeah it wasn't like yeah it was just like literally lifting like two, three kilos biceps because I'm very, very strong like that. Um, But, yeah, I think it was just this and he just said to me, he goes, this is the stress and he goes, this is fucked. And because he actually worked, this insurance company set me up with him so they could get the opinion. He's like, I'm just going to go back and I have to tell him this is fucking like killing you. And it was, and that was a big wake-up call to me because I was down to like 67 kilos, and I was like, fuck, like this is bad. You're,
1: you're just over six foot
0: as well. Yes, I'm 184 centimetres. I don't know, but I've always been skinny, but at the same time that was just like something else.
1: What, what, what happens after this? I mean, have you got a diagnosis yet? Have you? Do you, do you know anything? Um, I mean, what's what's going on at this point when you when you're ten kilos underweight, basically?
0: Oh, not much. Everyone was doctors were taking shots in the dark about what it was. They all say nerve damage, which I got on board with because it definitely feels like that and whatnot. Um, but it was he, none of them could tell me how to fix it. It was just medication after medication after medication, and yeah, no one was really taking a. No one was really putting the name behind it and saying this is what it is. It was more like you know we don't know what it is. It could be this. It could be that. But yeah, I wasn't getting much clarity from any. Any. And I mean, how did how know. did that
1: make you feel? Like you 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 want answers? I mean and you actually want to get back to work, but you, you can't physically do it. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on a story about trying to get back to work in, in a second. But, I mean, how does that feel when you, you go to the professionals? And I'm not banging out the professionals here because they're doing the best they can. Um,
0: but how does that make you feel? Well, it just made it harder because it wasn't like oh, I think it's this. It was like I needed someone to say let's try something and no one was doing it at the time. No one was saying let's let's try this. It was just like, all right. Take this medication and um yeah, send me on my way. Some of them some of them were quite good. Um and they wanted to try things that didn't work, but then they just kept handballing me and handballing me, which is um fine. They didn't know how to, didn't know what to do, but no one was actually like really trying different things. It was like take this medication, come back six weeks, if it's not feeling any better take this medication and then I would never see him again because that would handball me to someone else.
1: Yeah. Um, you did try and go back to work and or you had a meeting at work with um, with one of the doctors or was it?
0: Who? I had a meeting. with. So I tried to go back to work three times and I tried to be on site but because of the noise, it flared up my pain and my dizziness got worse. I remember standing looking down at some paperwork and it was just blurry. And I just said to my boss, I just need to like, I, I can't, like, I can't do this. I need to go. It's not safe. And I had to sit in my car for like 45 to an hour before I drove home because it just wasn't, it just wasn't safe. And I wasn't going to put someone else in that, um, yeah, in that spot. Um, so I went back and said, this is why I can't go back to work. This is why I'm struggling to get back to work. And as the insurance company does, they send someone out to have a look at the job site to see if if I'm just making up this shit, which is fine. I met when I met him, and I think it was I can't even remember what his qualification was. But he came on site and we had a chat and he actually said to me at the end of the chat, so we end up outside the job site and he said to me, um, he goes, I was on my way here and I thought, how possibly can this guy say it's too loud and this is what's stopping you to work? And then he goes, because he literally rolled up on site and we we're standing on inside and there was just people everywhere and there was drills going off. And he's like, can we go, st- can we go talk somewhere else? It's too loud in here. And he goes, now I get it. Like I completely understand it. This is this would be absolutely horrible, and it would—it's just not even possible. And that was sort of, I guess that was—it was good for me too because it wasn't. It's hard when you're telling someone, it's—it's it's too hard. Like it's—it's it's not working, but you don't think anyone's believing you. So mm-hmm. that was good to get someone actually someone else's opinion on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, So it's just validating your experience because what was happening was people weren't validating your experience. They were just going off what they think rather than what's actually happening.
0: Yeah, and that's that's fine because people don't know what's actually going on in my own head and the pain and whatnot, but some sort of acknowledgement from some sort of person along the way, like some of the doctors were just like, just looked at me like, what are you fucking talking about? Like you look fine, <laughs> obviously.
1: Yeah, and but, but you had moments where you you had to sit down because you thought you were going to fall over because of the, the dizziness and the blurry vision.
0: And yeah, and I still that? I still do get that, and I still have the dizziness, and I get the shitty vision. I just um I just control it a bit better now. Just learning more and more. But yeah, it was back then it was like I didn't know how to control it. I would try and lift a weight that's not even heavy and I would I think I ended up on the ground one time because I, I just lost my balance. Um but yeah.
1: So we we fast track um, a little bit through I mean the shit. I mean you didn't not many people knew about any of this today. I mean, oh, I think I mentioned it to the, some people at the footy club and they're like, what? We just we just didn't think he was around this year. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's that was that's just you. You'd like to be quiet about it. But um, you were going through a, a lot of – you were in a lot of pain that year. And I'm not trying to – I'm not trying to beat this up to make it saying that it isn't, but you you were genuinely in a lot of mental and physical pain.
0: Yeah, and I didn't – I just didn't like talking about it. Like, I'm very open about anything, but it wasn't, I didn't want to spark up a conversation and say, This is, I didn't not tell people, but I didn't bring it up. And I have spoken to a lot of people over the time and, you know, I'm very open about it now, but it was hard. And mentally, I probably haven't said this to many people, but it was literally every day I want, I didn't wish I didn't wake up. I wish I was hoping I'd die in my sleep because I couldn't deal with another day. So that was how I guess I was at the bottom of the bottom at that stage. And I don't talk I don't talk about that much. I don't I don't go around telling people but um yeah, that was literally it. I'd wake up and go, Fuck, I made it through the night. And I don't know what the fuck I was gonna die through from through the night. But i'm not going to ever do anything to my harm myself because i don't want to upset family and friends it was more just like can't this just happen i need to get out of this pain it's just too hard
1: i I think that's What, what you've just said a lot of people don't want to end their life through suicide um and those that do, they want to get out of pain. They want to stop the pain. That's, that's in essence. But there, there's the other side to it, and I only recently, probably in the last couple of years, learned about it. It's the hope to die of natural causes because it's yeah. the same thing. You just want to get out of pain, but you don't want to be responsible for it.
0: Yeah, and it was every time I thought that, I'm like, I just can't. I would never, ever do something like that to friends and family. And mum was the first person in my mind every time but it was yeah just that hope and i'm not scared i think since that i'm not scared of dying like i'm not scared of death at all i've got so much to live for now and i don't want to die mm. but um yeah i guess back then it was just like when will this shit be over like i i'm in too much physical and mental pain to get through like it's just it's too much for me and yeah
1: uh, I do, oh, before we go on, I do love that you, you say you're not scared of dying because I'm the same where I used to be very suicidal, but now I'm not. And I'm actually like, I'm not, If I, you know, if tomorrow I, got, I don't want to die, but if I get struck down by lightning or whatever, well, I'm content with everything I've done to this point in my life. And I think that's a really powerful to live a lot with it it's a way to live life and I think I messaged you the other week once you start living you start dying one doesn't happen without the other but people don't are so scared of dying that they don't actually live yeah and I'm not saying go jump off fucking cliffs or anything that's just stupidity but you know each day waking up and going how good is it to be alive and actually living more in the moment rather than being
0: like, oh, I can't do this, can't do that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to now live more in the moment. You still get caught up and you, you don't, but I'm trying to just, yeah, be more present at all times and just I've learned a lot over the last two, two and a half years about myself and about everything and I don't want to die. Like I'm saying that I don't want to die. Like I've got such a good life and i've got such good people around me a beautiful partner we got dogs and all this shit's happening in our life i don't want to um but i'm a very big person and when your time's up your time's up so i'm not uh, i'm not scared of it (laughs) let's
1: let's flip the mood a little bit now let's um we've discussed a lot of the shit that's happened I mean, let's talk about some, some of the things that you did to turn that around. I mean, you did mention that you moved out of home in, in counselling, but what other stuff did you start to do that started to turn this around? Because, and I'll, I'll take this part of the story away from but basically, you were left with very little to little, uh, little answers about the diagnosis or how they could help you. So you had to do, you had to take it in your own hands. What did you do?
0: What, medical, like on the medical side of things or just in my life in general? In life, in life. What in life. Or-
1: you, ultimately, you ultimately turn this around. You, know, you are responsible for your own happiness and you are not happy. I mean, what changed it? Because now, and I'll paint a picture, you, you live with your beautiful fiance. Uh, I nearly said fiance, 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 so fiance, fiance.
0: fiance. Come on, mate. Don't get our hopes up. So,
1: girlfriend, you, you have two dogs, um, you have a job. I mean, how did you
0: turn that around? How, did, how, the, how the fuck did that all happen in, in a short space, space of time? Um, my mindset changed first. Obviously, a mindset needs to change. And I just started trying to do one thing each day that was going to better for my future. And mum <laughs> said to me, like, a lot of times, you're never going to know where you are in a year. So I broke that down into days where if I do everything I can possibly can, and it wasn't much, but everything I possibly can daily in a year's time, my whole life could have changed. And that probably what happened where I was working full time. I played footy. Well, I tried to play footy. Um, and everything was physically, like physical for me. I was never, I, mean, I don't really do much except for you know, sport, I don't really know what else I do. Um, so I was changing my mindset where I, instead of um, playing football, I sort of took on a different role and tried to help up, help around the club with coaching. And I guess even now with trying to play golf instead of, and that's getting my sport element of it out and learning new skills as well. So it's just, Trying to do the same things like the same avenue of things but differently. So we're going so going a long way around to make sure that my oh, I've got I'm happy. So
1: it's your it's your your capacity to do these things has changed, but your capacity to do other things has you know, is there still. So it's it's you still got support, but it looks different. I mean it's the same with when you get older, you can't physically do the things you're doing. You've just been struck down at a lot younger age. Um, uh, How, I mean, we both know that to be a good partner, you need to be a good individual. I mean, you found someone and I know for a fact that at at some point you didn't think you'd ever meet anyone. And you you admittedly said that. You said I don't I won't find a girlfriend
0: while I'm battling this shit. But I didn't yeah. want to find a girlfriend either. Because yeah. I didn't want to put someone else through my shit. So it was it was two parts to that. I didn't want to. And I think I didn't think I would, so you know, fucking I don't know. Yeah, Joe's girlfriend. And then yeah, I let someone in and I guess she's still here.
1: She's at the shops, isn't she, or she's cooking?
0: No, I can hear her. She's, I don't know if she's talking to someone on the phone or the dog, but she's definitely talking. Um, she's probably cooking dinner, which is nice.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. And then you got a job. I mean, how did that come about? And a job which is it suits you. I mean, you you were so worried about never being able to work again. And yes, you're still in pain. And yes, but how did you get to that point where you? You know, you went in for an interview and you got the job.
0: I literally just started looking for jobs and someone actually came to me and said, well, why can't you? It was the same thing as a sport. I was doing carpentry and I loved it, but I'd I'd done gardening and I'd done other stuff. And then someone said, well, why don't you try and get a job in maintenance because it's not as physical. And that sort of flicked a switch for me and I started looking at jobs like that. And I knew it was going to be like people kept telling me, oh, you're applying for 100 do- jobs and you, um, you won't get one. And luckily, I've applied for four, had one interview and got it. And I got a pretty good job too at a college. So, yeah, it was just finding that thing that was going to make me happy, that it was still relevant to what I liked in the past and getting lucky. I got lucky with it.
1: But it's it's also, it just comes back to taking responsibility for your own happiness, really.
0: Yeah, and I went into that interview and I told them exactly what was going on with me and I took the risk of them not hiring me but it actually worked in my favour because they respected that I said that to them and they took me on um, regardless of my injury. So now I'm living at a job that I absolutely love and they know that I'm an honest person.
1: And if you you have a moment, which I know you have had, you can just message them and say mentally not having a great day or physically not having a great day and the open communications there for for them to go,
0: no worries, have a couple of hours or no worries. I've been very hard on myself and I'm like, I want to make sure this injury doesn't get in the way of my job and I haven't let it, but I'll still turn up and go to work. But if I'm struggling a little bit, my boss will um, jump on board and he will say, well, go do this for a couple of hours, which is a lot less physically demanding or it's something where you can sit down. So they have been great with me and it's it's the best job I could have ever thought of getting to do, really. How,
1: how important is it to have the support around you? And I don't mean just your boss but but your girlfriend and family and friends because since, since you've been more open about this, you know, and I speak, speak of your friends in such a glowing manner, but everyone has stood by you because of the person you are. You haven't been a burden at all to anyone. I mean, how important is their support through this? Um, and, and what have they done that's really helped you? And you can you give a shout-out to you if you want as well?
0: I, I don't know. It's hard to put into words what people have done because it's – they've essentially saved my life. Like, they've changed – I know I've done a lot of the work, but there's people in my friendship group that have gone above and beyond to make sure that I'm okay. The people that I didn't even think would, and then obviously family with yourself and mum and Nini and all that, and then Joe's been an absolute rock for me. Like she's, it, it's, that one's really hard to, to, I guess, talk about or put into words because. Is your like, you cry? Oh, yeah, but I was broken. Like, I was a broken human. And, oh, ah, fuck. Um, I got him crying. No, nah, for someone to take a, a risk on me when I was that broken and her family was, like, so supportive, it was, like, um, it made me believe that I could do it. So that made me believe I could go get a job and I, I could get past the physical and push through that. And um, fucking up, And, yeah, that, I mean, it, it all helps so much. And mum's been ridiculously, like, unreal. You know what mum's like. And she's just, like, she has been – I can never, ever thank her enough for what she's done for me. Like, I wouldn't be here if – like, I wouldn't be in the position I am without her. Fuck! Why do you want to cry, mate? I was doing so well. <laughs> I hate when we when we bring people into it. When people I actually think about what people have done for me, because <clears throat> it's hard, hard to take it, hard to accept it. But as mum's always said to me, "Just accept it," because you do the same thing. And like I would, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's fucking yeah. It's, so. It's like, Let's move on from that then. Um, yeah, let's move on from death and let's move on from me
1: crying. Um, what, I mean, two, two final questions, really. I mean, what do you do now to help your mental health? Um, we, we won't talk about the physical health in that. We'll talk about, I mean, it coexists. but what do you do to help your mental health, to make sure you don't fall down that slippery slope? Because, yes, because you still go through physical pain, and you still live life in this world where shit happens, life happens. How do you stay off that slippery slope?
0: Oh, I wouldn't say I'd stay off it. I say I'm just better at it. I think I've worked out what works for me, and that's making sure that I'm working out. And I've started, I've just started running because I thought I'd never do it again. I'm like, no, fuck this, I'm going to do it. So that's a good outlet for me. And yeah, it's. I guess music's another one which I'd never really thought much into. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's exercise. Exercise is the biggest thing for me. It's, and it's music, Exercise, music, and seeing your psychologist Seeing my psychologist. Yeah, so I see it like every three to four weeks. And, yeah, I, I'm at the stage where there's so much built up. I need to see it. And then I've just... It, like It releases everything and I'm ready to go for the next uh, three to four weeks.
1: It's, a, it's like a tune-up for a car, but a car needs one every six months. A human, a human probably goes through more than a car, you would think. Um, so we need it. We need it more often. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, well, I know there's nothing wrong with that, I should say. I mean, I guess my last question is, I mean, what advice do you have for anyone out there that might be listening who might be, might be suffering. I think we're at a time where there's going to be a lot of suffering. So and it's it's differentiating between unnecessary and necessary suffering. There's going to be necessary suffering through this, through COVID, through physical injury. It's the unnecessary suffering that we want to stop. What's your advice to those people that that
0: are in pain? My advice. I don't, know, I don't feel like I'm. I don't know. Tough You've got thing. to have some advice. Yeah, I feel like I do, but I'm just going blank. Would you Would you reach out for help? Yeah. Well, I think that's just it has to be done. Like, I'm still not great at it, but I'm better than I was, and. What my biggest thing, and I say this to anyone I talk to about this, is I was so against psychologists, as, like before this happened. Like I was like, "What? They're not going to help you." But that is the biggest thing that can help you. There's someone that just does not know anyone. that You know, you can tell them whatever the fuck you want, and they're reach out to friends and family. I guess I'm still learning to do that as well, and you're never going to be perfect. But
1: oh, really? You're kidding, aren't you? are kidding yeah? you have got to be joking. We've got to be
0: perfect. Fuck off, man. I'm getting pretty close to perfect.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, oh, great advice. Um,
1: if I could add to that, I think as I'll probably touch on things that you've gone through in this podcast, but coming at it from, a, I guess, a, a point of view where I study this is you took responsible for your own happiness. You you didn't become attached to an event in your life. You, you realized that it happened, but it wasn't personal.
0: Um, well, yeah, life just happens. One of the things that I always think of now is like, and I've this is probably one thing I put in my brain to change it, is stop trying to control things that I can't control. Just control what you can and do what you can. That's That's all you can do. So stop worrying about everything you can't control. So I'm going to be in pain every day and it's shit, but I can't control that. I can manage it the best I can. So I've just got to work through it and control what I can control.
1: I think that's a fantastic way
0: to end the podcast, don't you? Yeah. I don't even know how that podcast went because I got fucking all over the place. You're a bit flustered. That's okay.
1: Um, it went where it needed to go. It flowed. Um, and I hope anyone that's listening, um, you know, get something out of it. And, you know, if, if you, you've gone through a physical injury and, or mental injury, um, don't be afraid to reach out to myself. Um, I can pass any messages on to Stephen. But um, before I wrap this up, I just want to quickly say thanks to Stephen for joining me in um, this podcast.
0: No worries. Thanks, mate. And if anyone does need to reach out as well, you can reach out to me if it's easier to reach out than Shane. Like I'm, all, my phone's always on as well and I don't go around telling people that they can reach out to me, but I'm more than happy to take phone calls. I think especially at this time of the world, with everything going on, I think everyone needs to um, reach out and pick up their phone.
1: Great, Great final advice. Um, thank you to the listeners for listening. Um, please subscribe. Um, share. Um, I'd love it if you could put a review um, or just just do whatever you want to do. Um, bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. If anything in this podcast has brought up difficult feelings, please call Lifeline on 13 1144. For any further information, or if you want to bring your story to life, contact Shane at shane at vitalityfit.com.au. That's V I T A L I T Y F I T T.com.au.